What's up, everybody? This is Be More Well Backstage Pass, and today I'm going to be joined by Tenille Arts. So thank you for hanging out. Hey, everyone. I'm Jeff St. Pierre, and welcome to Be More Well Backstage Pass. Thank you so much for sharing some of your day with me. I really do appreciate that. As you may know, I've been producing my wellness-focused podcast, Be More Well, for over a year now, and I realized that while I love discussing and learning about those topics, I felt like I was missing out on great conversations with other people who maybe don't fall in the wellness field. So that's what Backstage Pass is all about. I'm sitting down to chat with artists and authors who inspire me and who have great stories to tell. This week, I'm excited to bring you Tenille Arts. If you're a fan of The Bachelor, then you've likely seen her on the show before. She was asked to perform on it not once, not twice, but three different times. In fact, she's the only artist ever to get asked back for a second time, and they loved her so much that they brought her back for a third. Tenille also just had a record-setting number one song in country music, and it's also her first number one with Somebody Like That. But it made the record books because it's the first time that an all-female song hit number one on the country charts. So what do I mean by that? Well, it's performed by a woman, written by all women, and produced by a woman as well. No man had a hand in putting that song together. It was such a cool moment for her and for country music in general, so I'm excited to have her on the show today. We talk about a lot today, from her time growing up in Canada to her struggles with anxiety and how Canadian coins used to screw me at vending machines all the time growing up. So thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. Before we jump in, just a couple of quick housekeeping things. Please subscribe to Be More Well on whatever platform you're using and leave a rating and review if you don't mind. That really helps the show get pushed out to new listeners, so I'd appreciate that. And if you want to find us on social media, you can find me on Instagram at Be More Well Podcast. How's it going? Hey, good. How are you? <laughs> I am very good. Good to see you. Good. Good to see you too. <laughs> Your room is way nicer than mine. <laughs> You just can't see all the rest of the <laughs> crap. I need to invest in like a really good backdrop because I feel like I've I, I'm I've been home way longer than I anticipated being home, and it just is constantly getting reorganized in here, and it's just always stuff like everywhere. I mean, I get what you mean. I'm like, I really should have just set up like a live streaming like section of my apartment because it's just ended up being like me trying to like find different places to to do all this stuff. So. <laughs> so I was wondering, can I, can I hire you for something? What would it be? <laughs> well, I have this jacket, um, this rebel child jacket that my wife wears with pride and she wants one for our young daughter. Uh, so I will buy the jacket. I will find a way to get it to you. Can you decorate it? Cause you're a master at the arts and crafts. <laughs> Oh gosh, thank you so much. I would love to do one for her. That would be awesome. <laughs> All right, we got to make this happen because we want like a mommy daughter like matching thing going on. Yes. Oh, that's so cute. I will definitely do that. <laughs> uh, so, how have things been going for you? I mean, you're coming off your your first big number one and, and historic number one too. A song that is like all women from top to bottom taken care of. It feels pretty incredible. I mean, it. I really don't know if it's like fully sunk in yet because I think, you know, normally you're out on the road experiencing, you know, the climb of a song. You kind of get to experience the fans learning your music for the first time and all that. And it's just going to be like all at once, you know, I'm going to go out there and there's going to be a lot of new people that, that know my music. And I'm just so excited. You know, it's been so much fun to have something so positive and so great to focus on over the last year 
And I just, I mean, I really can't thank you guys enough for playing my music and making this happen for me. I mean, and for my, my co-writers and my producer, like the all thing was something that we didn't go into the project thinking, oh, we're going to have, you know, all female number one. It was just, I love working with them. And as we were climbing up the charts, that's when we actually found out that it had never been done before. And I think, um, I think the record was broken at 15 or something like that. And I couldn't believe that it just hadn't happened before. So I'm very excited for everybody on my team. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun. I can't wait to get out on the road and actually get to like <laughs> share this with everybody. Well, you mentioned something there that's kind of interesting and I haven't thought about it. No one else has said it to me, but this idea of people like yourself that have been growing over this last, you know, 14, 15 months and you know, getting more people to hear your music, but you haven't really been able to be out there and growing, I guess, at a normal pace. So you're going to come back out and theoretically, there's a lot more people that know your music and it's going to be, you know, hitting you right in the face when you walk out there. Is that, are you excited for that? Is that, is there some anxiety in that? Like, I'm kind of curious how you feel. I mean, I'm definitely excited about it, but it does come along with a little bit of anxiety of like trying to put together a great show coming out of a pandemic. You know, I haven't really played with my band at all. You know, it's just, um, I'm sure though, once we get back out there, it's just going to feel like it's like riding a bike, you know, like you, it, I think it's just going to feel like we never left and it's going to be a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, I'm just excited to meet all of these people because, you know, I got messages every day of people hearing my music on the radio for the first time and like diving into all my other music and loving the single, somebody like that. So, um, yeah, to get to see that, I think, you know, all of my nerves and anxiousness will go away as soon as I see all those people out there. <laughs> I had a buddy who was in a band and they never, they never really had to play clubs. They kind of came out and were immediately doing like large clubs, small arenas. And when the band kind of fizzled out, he started his own band and he was like, I just want to go play clubs. Like I want to go play for 300 people. He's like, it's been amazing. The success has been great. But like, it's like, I never really felt that emotion and that passion from the tiny space where you're all packed in. Uh, he's like, I kind of want to go back and do that. So I've always wondered what that would be like to kind of go from zero to 60 so fast, or, you know, come as someone that's really unknown. And then all of a sudden the next week, you're the biggest artist on the planet. You know? <laughs> it's pretty wild. I mean, I don't think anything can like prepare you. Cause I feel like no matter what everybody's career is kind of like, it's this steady, slow climb, you know, and then one thing happens and then it feels like everything happens like in the same week or within a few weeks, just that momentum thing, I guess. So I think every artist experiences that in some sort of way, you know, I just experienced it from my apartment and now, you know, I'm going to go out and, and experience it in the live show uh, setting and, you know, the awards shows and all of that stuff. It's just all new territory for me. So um, yeah, but it's fun to be able to walk in and, and have a number one song and, you know, not be sitting in the nosebleeds for, for things like that for my first time. So <laughs> yeah, it'll be nice to step out on stage and know for a fact that people know your music. Like you're not going to walk out there going, boy, I hope they know this song. You know, they know this song now. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, like they, people, you can have one number one and people will come out to see the show. You know, they just, um, country music fans are amazing like that. Um, and they want to see, you know, the opening act. They want to see the the headliner. They're just kind of there for it all. So uh, we're very fortunate, I think, in the country music space that people want to be there for all of those moments and for those new artists as well. It's really special. 
Um, can we go back a few years? Is that okay? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So Saskatchewan, um, when people say they're from Canada, I think a lot of people are like, I, that just seems so far away. Like it's, but it's really, it's not that much different than what we face here. Reality. It's pretty <laughs> like we, we all live in small towns. We come from different places, but what was your experience growing up where you did in Saskatchewan? So yeah, I grew up in the small town of Weyburn and then we had our family farm just outside of um, a town called Mydale. Um, and it was a wheat farm. So I kind of grew up with that like small town life, but also the, the farm life in a way. I was always a girly girl. I was never really <laughs> into that stuff, but I would help like my grandma plant flowers and stuff like that. Um, it takes a lot of people to make a, a farm happen. So yeah, I grew up just a very simple upbringing and just loved singing, you know, and thankfully my parents for whatever reason, we're like, okay, if she wants to do this, we're just going to kind of go all in. And, and if she's going to put in the work, then we're, we're going to take her to the, you know, the contests and do the voice lessons and, and all of those things. So, um, I just, I started performing at like eight, nine years old and was coming to Nashville by the time I was 14, 15. So it's just been my entire life. This is all I've wanted to do. And just very fortunate that I had a family that was like, so, um, willing to, you know, sacrifice some things and, um, siblings that were super supportive. Cause I, that doesn't happen all the time. You know, when you're taking your, you know, parents away, I would take my mom to Nashville with me for two weeks and my little sister would be, you know, at home trying to, uh, with, with my dad, but like fending for herself basically to get to dance lessons and all that. So I feel very blessed that, um, I was able to do it with such a great foundation because man, there's, there's tough times in, in any industry and just to have like those people uh, is so, so important. I've heard other people reference the fact that they packed up with their parents and they would go to Nashville for a couple of weeks at a time here and there. I've never really heard anybody talk about what that experience was like. I mean, what are you doing when you come to Nashville for say two weeks at 15 years old? Well, for me, it was kind of a weird situation because I was found on my YouTube channel, like putting up uh, cover videos and stuff. And, and a manager here in Nashville asked me to come down. And honestly, it, it probably wouldn't have happened that early for me had I not um, kind of taken that and run with it because um, it's like a lot, it's a big commitment to like go, go from Canada to Nashville. And um, they just started putting me in writing sessions. So I would come down, I would take all of my high school work and like homework and come to Nashville, I would write from like 10 in the morning till, you know, four or five at night. And then uh, my mom and I would hang out in the hotel and we'd do it all <laughs> again the next day. Or I'd try to get into, um, you know, open mic nights. I did one at the Bluebird one time and just kind of anywhere that I could start singing here and start making some connections. And yeah, I did that for years. And it was just trying to fill my own calendar with writing sessions and, and make that happen so that I could meet publishers and then hopefully, you know, get a publishing deal, publishing deal and actually move here. Was there a point, because you did this when you were so young, you started this process when you were so young, was there a point where you maybe got frustrated and were just like, you know what, it's not going to happen. I feel like we're wasting this time. We're wasting our money. Like, did you ever just get to that breaking point? I mean, I feel like I would, I definitely had some moments like that, um, that I was just like, I thought this would happen sooner. You know, I think everybody thinks that everybody thinks they're going to be like 
Taylor Swift and be, you know, a country artist at 15 years old. And it's like, for most of us, it's like, thank God we weren't actually in the public eye at that age. Like, um, slightly terrifying. I would not want any of those songs out there um, from back then or photos. Like, I don't know how they, they made Taylor look so good all the time. I'm like, I, I had like purple hair and looked like a weird little kid. Like, I don't know. I just... That was not the right timing for me. And I think everything does happen in the perfect timing. So if I did have nights here in Nashville where, you know, I was a little down and seeing other people succeed and wanting that same thing, it's just like, I would usually, this is what I used to do. I would, well, I still do every once in a while, but I would throw myself a pity party. I would like, (laughs) you know, get some wine, ice cream, popcorn, whatever, put on a chick flick. And I'll be like, I'm throwing myself a pity party tonight. Tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go right. And I'm going to like do it all again. Um, so that, that's kind of my little like thing that I do every once in a while. <laughs> and just to be clear, the wine pity parties happened after you were 21, right? Tenille? Yes, definitely. I moved here when I was 21, so legal. (laughs) (laughs) And and I love how you say, like, you know, it it doesn't happen overnight unless you're your boyfriend because he just moves to Nashville and then meets you uh, almost immediately. That's just not fair. Like, I don't understand how that even happens. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Uh, Man, it's been like, I feel like everything in your life, like, starts happening at the same time. Like, you, like career wise and relationship wise, like sometimes that stuff just like happens at the same time. And it's just like this weird, you go through like five years of being just really down and not sure if anything's going to work out. And then it just like all happens at one time. It's crazy. And I only call out Tyler because he's a Baltimore guy and we have that connection. And I swear I know him from somewhere. It's been bugging me uh, and I can't place it. But hopefully one of these days we'll bump into each other and actually have a good conversation. But I just laugh. I was joking. There's another artist down in Nashville. Her name's Emma White and she's from Mm -hmm. the Baltimore area. And I interviewed her last week, actually. And we were joking about the fact that he hit her up saying like, hey, I'm going to move to Nashville if you want to get together. And then like a week later, he's dating Tennille Arts. And we're like, how does this even happen? (laughs) I know. I'm like, he mentioned, he said for me to say hi. If he wasn't on a call right now, I would have him come in and and crash our little (laughs) podcast. But (laughs) uh, yeah, it's so awesome. And I love Baltimore, like so awesome. So hopefully we'll, we'll be in your area again soon and we can all hang out because that'd be awesome. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I know we've been trying to make something happen. So uh, let's hope, uh, yeah. let's hope it can work out. Um, I do have to tell you my one gripe with Canada. Um, and I've, I've grown to love and appreciate the country, but I grew up in New Hampshire. Uh, so, you know, on the border of Canada and people would come down and travel and everything. And it was awesome, but they would always bring their Canadian coins. And while they look the same as American coins, They don't weigh the same. So if I had a Canadian quarter and I tried to put it in a vending machine, it wouldn't work for me. And then I'd be out 25 cents and I would be so frustrated by this. And you just like Canada. (laughs) I know. Honestly, it's so like it's so frustrating also because we have like loonies and toonies. And it's like if you put those in your like wallet, your wallet weighs like (laughs) like five pounds, you know? And, and yeah, I, same thing. I had like, I literally had a wallet for when I came to Nashville and when I was using like us money. And then when I was in Canada, I had a whole separate thing. Cause yeah, they don't, they don't work the same. They're not, they're not the same. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting to me that country music between the two countries, because in all senses, Canada and America are very similar in so many ways. Like it's almost hard to tell them apart in some situations, but 
music wise, there are fans that have different tastes between the two. And it's interesting because we'll see, we've been lucky to have so many great artists come down to America and come to Nashville from Canada, uh, like yourself, uh, Tennille Towns, Lindsay L, Mackenzie Porter, so many artists. And it seems like we'll watch the Canadian Country Music Awards or read stories about them, and you guys are crushing it. But the success has not necessarily been on the same path in America. Do you do you have any thoughts on that? Like, I think it's so interesting that there seems to be the two different tracks. Yeah, it is like super weird. I mean, I can't really speak to to the other artists that you mentioned, but for me, it was kind of weird because I was just coming to Nashville at such a young age that. I started, I got my start a lot just down here. It was almost like, you know, most of the time it was kind of happening at the same time in the U.S. and Canada for me. Um, And I mean, like, I got my first gold record and my first number one in the U.S., not in Canada. So (laughs) super weird. I mean, most people, um, it's kind of the opposite. You know, they they do really well up there and then come down here and, um, you know, kind of build it from the ground up here as well. Um, so I feel like my story is a little bit different for some reason, but, um, yeah, the, the Canadian country music scene is so, so great in its own way. You know, there's so many incredible artists up there, but I think we are seeing a lot of them coming down to Nashville and, and trying to, you know, make their music here because there really isn't like a country music hub in Canada. You know, you can't, Toronto's more of like the pop scene. Vancouver's more of like the film industry. So to find like somewhere in Canada that actually has country music um, as like its main thing where everybody can go. It just like doesn't exist. So I think everybody's coming here because they know that this is where country music is, is made and where it's born. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, there's differences for sure, but um, just fortunate to have kind of started down here. (laughs) I was going to ask you about that because I do feel like Vancouver is kind of like the Hollywood equivalent of Canada. And then you've got Toronto, which to me kind of always felt like the New York equivalent of Canada. But there, you know, when you try to find other cities, there there isn't necessarily one. I was going to ask you if there was kind of a a Nashville equivalent in Canada. Yeah, not really. I mean, I, I feel like maybe like Calgary, Alberta would be close because it's like, you know, they've got the Calgary Stampede. It's a lot of country music there. Um, but it's still not really like taken off. Somebody needs to make it like a thing up there, I think, because, um, you know, if you're a young artist, you don't always have the opportunity to come to Nashville all the time. So yeah, I think it'd be great if they could make that happen somewhere. So the bachelor, um, I don't want to harp on this too much because it's been a couple years, but I think it's amazing what you did on the bachelor. Cause you were on th- three times. Yeah. And, and nobody gets asked back more than once. And you got asked back three times, which is pretty incredible. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, that show has been just so great to me. It it all really came, came to be in just such a strange way because, you know, I was writing for, I think, my album at the time. And my manager was like, I'm going to reach out to, you know, just some different film and TV opportunities and just see what, what we could make happen. And... He reached out to The Bachelor and sent a song that um, the first song I performed was called Moment of Weakness. And it literally sounded like we wrote it for the show. Like it was so perfect for The Bachelor. Um, and so they basically just took a chance on a new artist. They One of the producers just loved my music and was like, we want to have you on the show. We want to help you, you know, kind of start your career because everybody 
you know, that's been on our show has incredible reach. Um, you know, a lot of the Bachelor fans are country music fans. It's just kind of this weird thing that ended up happening. And um, so to be on that show was just, I mean, the most exposure you could ask for as a new artist. And I happened to be each time on really great like episodes. Like the the last time I performed with somebody like that, it was the season premiere. Like you just don't get that. So it was uh, really special to have that reach like so early on with with this song and to, and then to watch it grow. It's just been so incredible. So I, I owe a lot to that show because they, they really have done a lot for me. That's huge. I know in, sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit, my stream of consciousness. I've got a five month old that keeps me awake a lot. So my brain <laughs> is not always firing on all cylinders. But uh, in Nashville, I know there's a lot of support between the artists. And I'm sure there are artists that don't like each other, but there seems to be a lot of love. And I heard a story that Jimmy Allen was calling radio stations on your behalf, and you didn't know this was happening. He was calling people saying, like, hey, Tennille, help her out. Like, we want to get this number one. She's awesome. She does it. I've never heard of that happening before at all, ever. Like, oh, that's my gosh. crazy. I did not know that. I, I ran into him, like, the week before – um, we were going for number one and we just like had a quick conversation about, you know, what I would be feeling and like all of that, what that week's kind of like. And, um, I had no clue that he did that. Wow. Well, that's crazy. Uh, he's just been so incredibly supportive to me. And I just, I feel so lucky to like have somebody like him out there to vouch for me. Cause we, we actually write with a lot of the same people and work with the same people, but he and I have never actually worked together. So, um, for him to just like step out and be so supportive is awesome. <laughs> Can I tell you a funny Jimmy Allen story. Uh, yes. so <laughs> I was flying back from Nashville CRS 2020. So it was right before the pandemic. It was the last time I had flown for a long time. I'm getting on, I'm waiting for my plane and there is a child there with a, it's a little kid and a woman and the kid is just being crazy, like running all over the place. Like it's in the point where you're like, I can't believe I'm going to be on a plane with this kid for however long this flight is going to be, you know? Uh, so it, it all works out in the end, but I'm just, we get off the plane, he's running around going, and then Jimmy Allen's there like waiting for him. And I was like, Oh my God, I was like cursing Jimmy Allen's kid. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, he has the cutest little, little kids. I'm sure they are high energy and keep him. I don't know how he does it. Like, I was just like thinking about how busy my schedule is. I'm like, I couldn't imagine like getting kids onto that. So <laughs> I guess good for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back a few months ago on World Mental Health Day, you posted a video where you were talking about anxiety. And one of the first things that stood out to me was right at the top of it was a video where you were writing. And it said, I wish people talked about anxiety more. Um, yeah. and I want, I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about that because that's something that I've battled with for most of my life too, is anxiety. And it, it is something that I'm glad people are talking about more now, but it was kind of a shameful thing for so long. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that I've, I just hope that we can get rid of that like idea of it being a shameful thing because I too did not understand it until I experienced it myself. You know, growing up, well, I didn't know actually growing up how bad my anxiety really was. Like I would, I think I wrote in that um, thing that, you know, I would go to restaurants and I would, I would be so nervous. I didn't even order my own food. Like my, my, fr I would tell my friends what I wanted to order um, and I would order it for me. And like, no one would ever know that because I would step out on stage and just kind of become this like different person. Um, but backstage, I'm like, you know, honestly about to throw up. I feel sick. I, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm shaking. 
And then there's a thing that happens when I step out on stage and for whatever reason, I'm able to do that. Um, but anxiety really started taking over my life like a couple years ago. I started having panic attacks and, and it was just to a level that I was just, I needed to do something because I, I didn't want, you know, all of these great things that I was working towards to be, um, you know, I wanted to be able to celebrate them. And I found myself in a place where I was just so anxious and so nervous that I couldn't even uh, appreciate or celebrate those great things that were happening to me. So, um, I mean, then there's plenty of different ways to, to deal with anxiety and, you know, people need to find what works for them, but it's a very challenging thing. And I just, feel, I feel for anybody that's going through that because it's not fun. And, but the more we talk about it, think the more people have started to realize oh okay you're not crazy you know I'm just having anxiety and um, especially I think for men to speak up about it there's always been kind of this thing where it was like men started to talk about it but then there was still that whole thing of like oh well men aren't supposed to talk about their feelings you know and I think that's the generation that my parents grew up in and I'm just hopeful that we see that change because you know need to come together and 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 talk about these things together because they are 100 going through the same things that that i go through i do appreciate it when someone like yourself will speak of someone that has a platform and that has people that listen and follow um because especially to in a performance-based industry like yourself i think a lot of people would find it surprising um that you mm -hmm. suffer from that but i know so many artists that on the stage is a whole different world for them. When they're on that stage, they hit a different level. But coming off of it, I, I won't name any names, but there was an artist, I remember in meet and greets, you, it was the hardest thing for them. Like you could just see the look on their face. They were stressed out, they it was sweating, and they just hated every second of that because it was they loved their fans, but it was just so intense for them to be in that setting. And I, I don't think people realize that because what they see is that forward-facing stage performance. Yeah, it's a crazy thing. Like, I feel like actually more artists feel that way um, than not. You know, I don't think any of us are are just like we might be natural born performers, but I think that there's there's a point in your life where you almost get self conscious about it, and it like makes you more nervous than you should be. You know, you can't just lean in. Like, because I think back when I was like ten years old, you know, I didn't care who who was watching me sing, you know, I just wanted to perform and all that. But then as you get older, you kind of like way overthink everything. And then it turns into this, like just a spiral in your head. So um, it's tough. And a lot of artists are like that. It's, it's true. There, there's so many that are um, very introverted um, backstage and they walk out and they're, you know, a star, but um, yeah, that's just like the reality I think of, of being, out there in the public eye, you kind of maybe protect yourself a little bit backstage too. I'm kind of like that when I get asked to do speaking engagements or hosting charity events. I love doing it, but and I talk on the radio all day, which is essentially me speaking to myself in a room alone, imagining <laughs> other people out there. But when you put me in front of a crowd and I have to talk, people are surprised at how stressful that is for me because they're like, well, you talk all day. I'm like, well, it's very different when you have a few hundred people staring at you versus me being alone in a room, just making stuff up. 
Yeah, so true. <laughs> All right, so I know you're on a big tour. Can we talk about it yet? Yeah, um, I would love to talk about uh, the big tour coming up. Uh, I'm going to be going out with Lady A on my first <laughs> big tour. Awesome. And oh my gosh, it's me, Nico Moon, Carly Pierce, and then Lady A. And I am just so excited about this. Like, I've never, ever been on a tour like that. You know, I'm going to have a bus. I'm going to get to go to all these really cool places and also just get to hang out with those artists. And I ran into Charles Kelly the other day and he was like so excited to have me out saying how we would, you know, write and um, get to work together on the road. So I'm just really looking forward to it and seeing the fans. And I think it's just going to be like way more fun than anything I could have ever imagined just because we're coming out of a pandemic. People are so excited for live concerts. So I'm just very excited to be like on the front end of that and getting to start that in July. This is arguably my favorite tour of the year, just because I've gotten to know Nico Moon really well. He's fantastic. I've gotten to know Carly Pierce really well. She's amazing. Gotten to know you a little bit over the years. Uh, I don't know the folks in Lady A as much, but they've always been so kind and gracious to us at the radio station and our fans. Um, I just, I just love the group of people that is coming together for this tour. You're, you're all just such good folks. Thank you. I mean, I'm I'm really excited. I, I ran into Carly Pierce the other day, too, and she was just so sweet and, like, very complimentary about the single and, and all that. And, and, you know, we already knew that we were going out on tour together, so we kind of got to, to talk about that a little bit as well. And, I mean, yeah, everybody's super sweet. I haven't met Nico Moon yet, so... Um, that'll be a first. And I actually haven't met the other, the other guys in, in Lady A either. So, uh, just excited to, to be in the presence of all of those great people. I've heard so many good things about just how like family based that tour is and that whole group of people. So to be like on just such a great tour for my first one, um, is so great. I'm j- I just have great people to look up to on this tour. I have a challenge for you on this tour. If you could do this one favor for me. Okay. If you see Nico Moon not smiling, I need a picture because I've never okay. seen the man not smile. He is the happiest human being on the planet. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'll I'll try. But I, I'm you know what? I bet I won't be able to because I've heard the same thing about him and uh, everybody's he's super sweet. So. Uh, looking forward to that. <laughs> well, I can't wait for that tour. You got a new single coming out too. Back then, right now, uh, how excited are you for this? The follow up to the number one song. Oh, I'm so excited about this song. It's I feel like it's the perfect timing for a song like this. It's it's all about you know bringing some of that nostalgic feeling of you know being a teenager and kind of just living in your own world, a little less of of the outside world um, getting in your head, and you can just kind of hang out with your friends and have a good time. And so trying to take some of that thing into today and uh, song came together in a really fun way. Um, Lindsay Porter actually had her on it as well. Um, so it was really cool to get to, to collaborate with her on this song and I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it's fun, it's a summer jam and I'll definitely be playing it out on the road. I love it. Tadeel Arts, you're fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, sharing some of your day with me. I'm gonna make sure we set up this jean jacket situation too. We got to make this happen. Yes, please. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting. Thank you again to all of you for checking out this episode of Be More Well Backstage Pass with Tennille Arts. I'm Jeff St. Pierre, and it has been a pleasure spending some time with you today. Next week, I'll be catching up with Danny Rose from the duo Honey County. Till then, be well. <laughs>